my talk is going to be based on Psalm 121. First, I want to say that the book of Psalms is one of my favourite books um, in the Bible. It's a great source of encouragement for me, and it's a place I go to to meditate about God's words, his faithfulness, and his promises to us. Psalms also feature very strongly in my prayers, because at times when I am upset or I've done something which I'm not particularly proud of, or even times when I'm full of great joy and I don't have the words with which to express my feelings, there's always a psalm that says it for me. And Psalm 121, I came across, uh, I think in my mid to late teens, I was reading a novel that was called Nor the Moon by Night. And at the front, in the front two little pages, there were a few verses from Psalm 121. So I read the psalm, I went and found it, read it, and it spoke to me then as it still does today, and it has featured strongly in my life, in my prayer life since then. And what I really like about this psalm is it speaks words of promise about God's providence and protection on life's journey. Now let's have a little think about the background of this psalm. Interpreters have uh, connected this psalm with the idea of a journey, and indeed it's part of the Psalms of Ascent. And it's been suggested that the Psalms of Ascent were collected um, to be used in conjunction with a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. For example, to go up to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. So the pilgrims en route to Jerusalem would be singing the Psalms of Ascent, which, of which Psalm 121 is a part. For that reason, Psalm 121 is most commonly understood as a liturgy of blessing for one about to leave on a journey. And the structure of the psalm sort of lends itself to that idea as well. Verses 1 and 2, one and two a traveller's question and a confession. And then verses 3 to 8, a priestly blessing. And it's important to note here that the psalmist, though he's talking about the hills, he's not looking to nature for help. Because the hills might conceal danger, might conceal bandits, wild animals. Though the psalmist looks for help to the very one who created the hills, the heavens and the earth, God. The hills might hide danger and threat, but by their very existence, they bear witness to the creator, to God. Luke writes in his Gospels that Jesus, as a child, went on pilgrimages to Jerusalem. In fact, um, Luke chapter 2, verse 41, said every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. So Jesus and his parents would probably have sung and recited the songs of ascent on the way to Jerusalem. And Psalm 121 may well have been included in the psalms that they sang. We are all on a journey, a ju the journey of life, a journey to the new Jerusalem, our eternal home. And on this journey of life, we will make many geographical journeys. We will travel from place to place. And on these journeys, we have way markers. We've got landmarks to let us know how far along the journey we are. It might be the check-in desk at the airport. It might be a motorway junction, or a familiar landmark, a castle, or indeed a hill or a mountain, or we might see the sea. And that lets us know how far along we are and whether we're nearly at the end of our journey. So too, the journey of life. We also have way markers along this journey, landmarks. We leave school, we get a job, we go to university, maybe get married, buy a house, we retire. All of these 
are markers, landmarks on our journey of life and show us just where we are. Now the psalmist in Psalm 121, he had some landmarks as well. He spoke about the hills, but he didn't just focus on the hills. He looked beyond the hills to the one who actually created the hills. Do we, in our journey and life, do we place too much importance on our markers, on what we've achieved? And do we forget sometimes, maybe, to look beyond those places to the person who created the opportunities for us, to the person who led us to it, to God? Do we maybe forget to find him in the landmarks in our life? Just as on geographical journeys, things go wrong, so too on the journey of life. We take a wrong turn. We might make a wrong decision. We might get lost. Something unexpected might happen, an accident, an illness, something that we've got no control over. Not so long ago, I was at a very low point in my life. I was in a very toxic relationship. Now, it wasn't a relationship where I I lacked in material things because actually I was very well off materially. And there was a degree of caring and love in that relationship as well. But it was a very controlling love. And I was losing my freedom. I was losing my relationships with people that I cared about, my family. And something inside me was dying. Now, at that time, I had turned away from the church. I had turned away from God. I was not going to churches regularly. I was not reading the Bible. I was not praying. But I did what many of us do in times of great need. I turned back to God. I started to pray. I started to read the Bible. I started to go to church. And Psalm 121 was a psalm that I read constantly, again, again, and again. And it reminded me that God was with me. He was watching over me. He was protecting me, even at this really low point in my life. And I could feel him very strongly saying to me, leave Morag, leave this relationship. But I was actually afraid to do that because I was financially dependent on the person in the relationship. But God, in the words of the song that Lua and Ashi like so much and are singing so much at the moment from Despicable Me 3, do it. He was saying to me, do it, do it, do it, just do it. I did it. I left the relationship. I took the step. And God provided. Work came my way, and I was fully supported by my family, friends, and the church. Psalm 121, at that time, reminded me and reminds us all that God is our keeper. God protects. He shields. He watches over us. He guards us. And indeed, other psalms suggest this as well. Psalm 130 says God is like a watchman keeping guard over a city. Or Psalm 91, which Jonathan spoke about two weeks ago. Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Psalm 125, verse 2, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. So my life has been a lot better since I took that step but it has had its ups and downs. And here I want to pick up on a point made by Jonathan when he spoke about about Psalm 91. When we read these Psalms, like 121, uh, do we read them and pray them thinking that because God is with us, he's watching over us, he's protecting us, shielding us, that nothing bad is ever going to happen to us? Martin Percy suggests an analogy of Psalm 121 as thinking about it, as comparing it rather to an insurance policy. We all take out insurance policies in our life, 
just in case, just in case something bad is going to happen, a form of protection. But in insurance policies, there are the big print. There's a big print here telling you what you're protected against, this, this, and this. But there's also the small print giving you all the exclusions. And if you take time to really read and study the small print, you might not sign that insurance policy because you might see that you're actually not covered. So Psalm 121 does have some pretty big print, doesn't it? It says, verse 3, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Verse 5, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 6, the sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. Big print. Now, is there maybe small print as well? What is the small print in this psalm? Well, Martin Luther, in his commentary on Psalm 121, reminds us that it's a psalm of ascent. And he says this is a significant point because it's about looking forward to God's protection. More about what's to come rather than the here and now. And Luther in his commentary says, as we journey towards the truth, we encounter the living reality of God's abundance and his comprehensive love. So Psalm 121 is really about assurance, not insurance. Doubts, suffering, evil, accidents are all part of the world that we live in, and we're going to encounter it. The psalm does not encourage us to sidestep these issues and to think that we're protected from all of this and we're not going to encounter it. Instead, it helps to, it serves rather as a help to comfort, um, it serves as a help and comfort as we go through the ups and downs of our life, the rough and the smooth. And the small print here is that we have got to discover the art of finding God in all the situations, the rough and the smooth, the small and the big, the good and the bad. We have to look, make an effort to find God. So how do we do this? Now last week, Graham um, preached about Psalm 77, and he was talking about God's providence. And he used the commentary, Martin Luther's uh, commentary. And Martin Luther had four, four points that he made that helps us look and find God in all situations. And he says that we have to recall and remember what God has done in our life, what he's done in the past, what's happened to us in past situations, how, what he's done in our family, people that are close to us. We've got to medi mediate and meditate where do we fix our, our gaze? What do we long for? What do we want? And here I'm going to quote directly from um, Graham's sermon. It's a quote from Martin Luther as well. For what we want and love, on that we reflect inwardly and diligently. But what we hate or despise, we pass over lightly and do not desire deeply, diligently, or for long. And the above, the above is expressed through musing and exercising. And this is our part. This is our active engagement through prayer and worship with God in all situations. Finding and relying on God in all situations in our lives. There's the small print. That's what we've got to do. We've got to look for God in all situations in our life. Now, I do a lot of geographical traveling um, in my life. I fly a lot. And not so long ago, a few years ago, I mean, I hated, I hate flying. I still don't like flying, but I used to hate flying. 
And if I knew I had to go on a journey somewhere, I would do anything not to fly. Could I go by car? Could I go by train? Could I go by boat? Anything, just don't fly. That was, that was, my, that was my mantra. And I'd been known to pass up opportunities to go places because I didn't want to fly. So suddenly, about 10 years ago, I suddenly was flying to all these different places in the world, long, long journeys. And each journey was a real, oh, you know, filled with terror, this horrible fear that I had inside of me. So I then thought, well, you know, I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to give him my fear. And I did. I started praying. Before I went on a trip, I took time to pray about it. I asked people to pray for me before I went. When I'm actually flying, I pray and I sing songs in my head. I don't sing out loud because that would make the travel terrible for everybody, anybody who was around me because I've got such a terrible singing voice. But it has made flying a much better experience for me. I don't like flying. I still don't like it. But I don't grip the, hand, the seat sides anymore. I don't listen for engine noises anymore. I'm much more relaxed. I can watch a movie. I can even sleep in an airplane. So it's made a great difference. Psalm 121 reminded me that God is with us in all situations. And I was able to find God in my fear, in my terror of flying. And at the same time, I began to think, well, why, Morag, why didn't you do that years ago? Why didn't you take it to God then, at the beginning, when you realized that you had this, this terrible fear? Now, I think it was because I thought it was too trivial, something too small to take to God. Because everybody was telling me, well, flying is the safest mode, mode of transport. This is an irrational fear that you have, Morag. Get over it, you know? So I thought, well, it, it's not big enough for God. But on my journey through life, what I'm learning, what I learned with my experience of flying and what I am learning, is that nothing is too trivial for God. No situation is too small. And indeed, nothing is too big either. We look for and we try to encounter God in every situation in our lives. Whether it is a sleepless night that we're having with our, our children because they won't sleep, or we're lying worrying about a job, or maybe we've lost someone very close to us. We can look for and find God in all these situations. The Bishop of Woolwich, Dr. Caraweo Durgo, spoke very movingly at focus about the loss of his son, who died suddenly um, while he was in secondary school, in sixth form. He was a Christian, a, a boy who took the message of God into his school. He took every opportunity to share the message uh, of Jesus and of God with his friends and with the staff at the school, and he just suddenly died. Now, in the midst of that tragedy, Dr. Caraweo and his family were able to find God. They were able to see that his son was actually in a better place. For them, the tragedy was, of course, that they wouldn't see him again, wouldn't meet with him in this life, but they knew that he was in a better place. And not only that, but during the service, when they had the, the funeral service for, for his, their son, they put a copy of Why Jesus into every order of service that there was. So not only did they, were they able to find Jesus and find God in that tragic situation, but they were able to try to share and help other people to see God, to find God in that situation. So nothing, this is the message for us, nothing is too trivial, nothing is too big. We have got to look, we've got to look at the small print, we've got to look and try to find God in all situations in our lives. And the final point that I want to make about this psalm is that God's protection is for all of us. We are all children of God. God created every single one of us. 
Some of us know about God and about his love and about his protection for us on life's journey. Others do know about it but choose not to acknowledge it and some have never had the opportunity to hear God's message. But he's there and he's watching over every single one of us. And recently I had the opportunity to share this psalm with somebody who's very close to me, who's been unwell, she was unwell for a while, and it sort of culminated in her having a series of tests. And when I met up with her, she's not a Christian as well, that's the other point, she's not a Christian. When last time I met up with her, she was frightened. I could tell she was really, really scared. So when I got home, I sent her a text in which I included this psalm. And, um, and I just said to her, I'm preaching on this psalm in a couple of weeks' time, and I just want to share this one point with you. God is watching you. He's with you. You may not acknowledge it, but he is there. So the message really of this psalm, it's, it's an assurance. It's a psalm of assurance. It's assuring us that God is with us all the time throughout our journey in life. No situation too big, too hard, and no situation too small and too trivial. He is with us throughout life's journey. Thank you very much.